0: good seeing. thank you all thank you praise team and musicians and vocalists thank you congregation for singing y'all sing beautifully and y'all helped drown out my singing and I appreciate that our children are being dismissed to their their uh, children's church we can pray for them as they go and um, And uh, I do want to say this, this last week we hosted Family Promise and uh, so thankful for everybody stepping up and serving uh, the families that were with us uh, this week. And of course we want to continue praying for them as they embark upon a new church uh, and a new host uh, this week. Uh, Could you imagine having to go uh, to a brand new church each week and meet new people every day? Uh, amidst all of the hardness that you're already facing. uh, We can uh, definitely uh, lift them in prayer. Uh, This morning, as we uh, have been able to worship, uh, let's do this. Let's bow before our Lord. Let's humble ourselves before him. Uh, Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. Uh, God, I pray and I thank you for uh, all you are. Um, you revealed yourself to Moses. You, he couldn't even see the fullness of you. He could only see that which came after. But what he saw was that you were a God who is full of mercy and compassion, faithful love, forgiveness. Uh, you're a God who is just as well, Lord. Uh, Lord, Moses was not able to see you, but Jesus has seen you. And Jesus has revealed to us more fully who you are. We thank you that you have sent your son, Jesus. Uh, Lord, we are those who look to Jesus. Uh, He's our our liberating king. Uh, He's our ransom, our redeemer. He's our example, Lord. He's our way. I pray today that, Lord, as we uh, consider your word, we consider your son, and we reflect upon our own lives, uh, that, Lord, uh, you will encourage us in the ways in which we are following your son well. Uh, you will open our eyes to see where uh, we are falling short. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, we would take corrective measures to adjust our lives Uh, to follow him uh, fully and faithfully. I pray, Lord, today if there's anybody who's not following your son Jesus, did not surrender to him as their liberating king. They do not know that he is their ransom, their redeemer. Uh, That He is not the example that they are uh, patterning their lives after, that today would be that day. Uh, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would be with me as I uh, deliver your message I pray that I'm faithful to the message, and uh, I pray that uh, you would lead, guide, not only me, but all of us as we receive your word. Uh, Help us to apply it to our lives, Uh, or continue to apply it to our lives, Lord. Uh, God, I pray, and I ask all these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name, amen. Amen. So last week, we started out the new year talking about the threat. That a new year brings. That's always a fun way to start out the new year, isn't it? Like, what's the threat of the new year? But uh, the thought process is this: There's a threat to those of us who are disciples of Jesus each time a new year passes, and, and it's really not just a year. Any time there's a passage of time, and, and what I mean by those of us who are disciples of Jesus. I mean, those who are awaiting the return of our liberating king. Those of us who, who, who are longing for his judgment, for his justice, for his peace. And not only just that we're sitting around waiting, and sitting on our hands as it were, but, but, but those of us who are living in obedience and accountability to Jesus. Like, like we are trying to uh, do the, the things of the just and the merciful. We are doing the good works that God has created us to do. Uh, every time time ticks on, you and I are threatened When we look around and we say, I'm looking for Jesus, I'm longing for his kingdom, and I'm striving to live his kingdom now as it is in heaven, in my life. Every time we, we who are doing that, time keeps rolling in this world, in this world that is rebellious to King Jesus. In this world where, where, where if you look around, you could say, hey, listen, the arrogant are being blessed. The wicked go unpunished. Justice is not yet. Peace, huh. uh, have you all ever seen the Romeo and Juliet? Uh, peace, I hate the word, right? That's what our world looks like. It looks like they just hate the word peace. We are threatened. We who are waiting for Jesus, we are threatened to say, what's the use? What's the use? We found this in Malachi chapter number three. This was exactly what God's covenant people then and there had in their hearts. In Malachi chapter number 3, verses uh, 13 through 15, God says, hey, you've spoken harshly against me. And they said, when did we ever say anything against you, God? He said, you have said it is vain to serve me. And why did they say it was vain? To obey his commands and to be accountable to him. They, they said it was vain because the arrogant are blessed, the wicked go unpunished. They said it even looks like people are challenging God, saying punish me, and they still don't get punished. And so you and I, we have to think about this. We who are looking for King Jesus, when we do not see the, the kingdom coming, as it were, it threatens us to go, what's the point? Now, now we can think about this in like broad abstract terms, and we can think about it in like concrete terms. And, 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 and one example that I could say that we all have experienced at some point in our life is when we've tried to do diet or exercise. And after a few weeks, you don't see a whole lot of fruit for your labors. Then you might go, what's the use? Why do I stop eating co- cookies? And why am, I, why am I getting up early in the morning? Uh, but then we could also think about it in like actual like terms with real people in your lives, People who you've sacrificed and you've served for. I know there's a family in our church right now who has who's opened their home to other people. And just found out that just a week ago, like these people have lived with them for months and they've been trying to help them get established and on their feet. And they got into the family, the wife's purse. That makes you go, what's the use? Are we tracking with that, right? But so we saw this in Malachi chapter number three, but then in our Tuesday devotional, we pointed out, that Paul is addressing the same sort of thing in Galatians chapter number 6. In Galatians chapter number 6, Paul, um, he, he, he begins in uh, verse number uh, verse number 7, he says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. He says, Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. He says, For the one sows to the flesh, and they shall reap of, of the flesh, they shall reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap Life everlasting. Paul, Paul is looking at the same sort of thing that, that, that the people of Malachi were looking at. Is there justice? Is, are we going to get a harvest for what we are sowing? Is, is my good, my, my good, all the good that I do, all the love that I give, all the sacrifices I make, is it going to bear fruit? And not only that, are all those who are bearing corruption. Talk to somebody else today. They were at a funeral yesterday for a 32-year-old girl who who overdosed. When is this going to stop? When are we going to have an answer for this? Is there going to be justice? Paul says yes. And then Paul gives this word of encouragement. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So last week we talked about the threat. We talked about how do we stand against this threat? If this threat is real, and it is a real threat, I believe. I see it in my life. I see it in practical ways. I see it in theological ways. If this is a real threat in my life, then how do we stand against it? Well, we said you don't compare yourselves to other people. In Malachi chapter number three, what you find is that they're comparing themselves to other people. Hey, we're over here being good and accountable, and they're over there being wicked. They're comparing themselves to other people. You and I, we will always fail in the comparison game. Here's the fact. I will always think myself better than you. At times, I will also find myself worse than you. Whenever I'm better than you, then I can be proud and I can deny all my wrong. When I'm worse than you, then I can despair. Paul talks about that also in Galatians chapter number six. He says, well, let's let's all just prove our own work like let's all be accountable for what we're doing don't compare ourselves to one another and so we said hey let's not compare ourselves to one another instead let's do this let's celebrate others let's encourage one another and the other thing was this was that we we can stand against it by by what we find is they're doing good so that good will happen to them. Hey, listen, we've done all the good, and, 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 I'm, and I'm not reaping the benefits myself. And we're always going f- to find ourselves frustrated if we're doing good just so that we can receive good. Always going to be frustrated with that. But here's the deal. And here's the mind shift that we want to have is that we do good just to bring good into this world. That we do good to bring God's kingdom to bear. This kingdom that we long for. This justice. This peace. If, and here's the thing. If you and I aren't being just. And if we aren't being equitable. If we aren't serving others selflessly and sacrificially and humbly. If we aren't doing it. And not just us in this room. But we who are named by the name of Jesus. If we aren't doing it. Where is it going to happen in this world? We can keep hoping that our government's going to do it. They're not. Or any government for that matter. We can get frustrated all day long that we can with Putin in this war against Ukraine. But he's going the way that governments and rulers and leaders do. That's the threat. We want to stand against it. I hope that we can see. There's, there's a hope with this as well. There's not just a threat against us. There's a hope in, in the fact that, like, hey, listen, 2022 is gone and 2023 is here. There's a hope this morning that we, we woke up and we 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 breathed in new life, fresh life this morning. A new day was upon us today. And again, I want us to return to Malachi chapter number three, and then also Galatians, excuse me, Galatians chapter number six. Malachi three, and we look at the end of Malachi chapter number three, beginning in verses number 16. Hey, Brother Will, will you bring this up on the screen in case anybody does not have their Bible with them? Malachi three verses 16, and we're going to look through chapter four, verse number two. It says, then they that feared the Lord. Now, let me just remember the context. God had just said, you've spoken harsh things against me. You said it's vain to serve me. You say it's vain because the arrogant are being blessed. The wicked go unpunished. In response to this, the ones who feared the Lord spoke often one to another. So those who feared the Lord begin to gather together and speak to one another. And the Lord hearkened and he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And here's what the Lord says, they shall be mine. And that day when I'm Make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then ye shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. That it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise, and shall go forth, and you shall grow up as calves of the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. And the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Galatians chapter number six, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. What is the hope in this new year? The hope in this new year is that as time has passed, we can hope. We can hope in this that the day of ju- judgment and justice and peace is growing closer. That's, that's our hope. We can look at it one or two ways and we can look at it like last week and we can go, man, it's been 2,000 years and it's never going to happen. Or we can say it's 2,000 years. We can't, we can't imagine that another day can go by. But again, I have to ask this question. Are we really looking for that? Is that really what you and I are hoping in? Are we really hoping in, 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 in Jesus and his return? Are we, are we really hoping in Jesus and his way in our lives? See, because we're, we're challenged every day, just like, kind of like, what's going to bring me hope today? It, it, is it my job? Is my job going to be where my hope lies today? Hey, if I wake up today and everything goes well in my job and nobody sends me an email that questions me or challenges me or condemns me, well, then I had a pretty good day. If that's what we're hoping in, will we not be frustrated? Are we hoping in our children being their best? And I don't care how old your children are, they're always your children, aren't they? If my children get it right and they do it right, and they don't disappoint me, they don't embarrass me today, is that where my hope is? Some of you are like, okay, so we screwed up with our kids, but we have our grandkids now, right? Let's put yourself in, right? No, uh, but we can put our hope in all of these things. Are you putting hope that, hey, listen, everything... Everything that I do that is good will reward me with good. See, Paul tells us uh, elsewhere, he tells us in Corinthians, he says, listen, one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. See, Paul knew like this. He had this mindset, this understanding like, hey, I can't hope I can't put my hope that today is going to be a better day than yesterday. Considering my job, the news, politics. I can hope that, that, that all that I am doing will bear fruit for the kingdom. That God will give increase on this. So, our hope... Must surely be that God will bear fruit of the good that you and I are doing. That we want to see that fruit in time, don't we? And in time, we have, some of us, been able to experience some of the good that we've done burst forth bring life. Here's the deal. What we are hoping in is not the work that you and I do. Our hope has to be in the work that God will do. See in Malachi chapter number three the Lord says behold he says they shall be mine and he says behold the day shall come the day. You know, in Exodus chapter number three, the Lord comes down in the burning fiery bush and he says, I've heard the cries of my people and I've come to deliver them. And we're like, yes, our God is a God. He hears our cries and he delivers. And how long were they in Egypt? 400 years. How long had they been living under and uh, enslaved? How many generations of little boys' lives were threatened because Pharaoh said, I don't want them, those people, growing more and more in number. I can promise you, there's a lot of moms crying on the riverbanks of the Nile, saying, come Lord and deliver us. So you and I, we need to know that God is really slow. We read that. He's slow to what? Anger. Oh, that's really good whenever he's angry with me. But what about the guy who killed those four college students in Moscow, Idaho? But God gives us hope that he will act because he did act in Exodus. God gives us hope that he will act because he did act in Jesus. You know, there's this moment in the text in Malachi, whenever it says, listen, there's going to be a day that comes whenever there will be a discerning, a distinguishing, a separation between the righteous and the wicked. And here's the deal. The only reason why you and I really have hope that we are righteous is not even because of the work that we do. It's not because of all the meals that we make for Family Promise. It's not because of how many hours we can log volunteering and serving. No, it's because of the work that God has already done in Jesus. That work that Jesus did, Jesus offering his life for our lives. That work in which Jesus said, I'm not going to treat you like y'all are treating me. I'm not going to enact Uh, retribution against you. I'm going to offer mercy to you. You and I who have trusted in the work that Jesus has done, that gives us hope that when that day comes and judgment happens and the discerning and the distinguishment between the wicked and the righteous, or as Jesus talks about it, the sheep and the goats, the only reason why you and I have hope in the first place is, and why our hope is in the work that he is going to do is because of the work that he already has done. I'm not righteous because I preach messages. And y'all said, amen. (laughs) That is not why you're righteous. I'm not righteous because I can sit with you and listen and empathize and sympathize and pray with you. I'm not righteous because whenever I come home at the end of the day, I wash the dishes because I'm a good guy, right? I want to think I'm righteous because of these things, but that's not what sets me right with God. What sets me right with God is the work that he has done. And if it began with his work in the first place, then the hope that I have today is that the one who has worked will work again. And we can look at every new day as a new day in which he still hasn't worked, or we can look at every new day like a day of saying, maybe His work is going to bear fruit today. I'm hoping that he who has begun a good work in me will perform it today. So that's our hope. How do we persist in that? How do you and I persist in that? From the text, I'll show you in a minute. I believe we persist in it uh, in committed community where there's accountability. See, you thought maybe for a second that it was going to come down to you and you bearing it on your shoulders all by yourself. But that's not the plan. That's never been the plan of God. God's plan was never like, hey, hey, John, let me see if you can bear all of this by yourself. Never going to be the plan. In fact, what we find in Genesis is God looks and he says, it's not good for man to be alone. But you and I, we we continue to fall into this deceptive trap, especially in like, uh, you know, modern thought and even in postmodern thought. We still see it a lot. But in modern thought and, uh, you know, I think, therefore I am this individualistic idea. You are not even you by yourself. You are only you because you were created in community. Right? And you've been established, you've been shaped, you've been formed in community. You know, people get really upset whenever, you know, parents get blamed for a lot of things. And, 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 and we need to really be careful because, you know, especially my generation, because we're blaming our parents for a lot. But guess what? I'm raising children, too, <laughs> and I don't get it right all the time. And I'm like, man, those, that, that stuff's going to come home to bear. But the fact of the matter is, is we are shaped by our community around us. There's a reality to that. And we're only really fully us in community. Think about this. You can't be known outside of how you are known with others. Well, I could know myself. I think, therefore, I am. That means nothing. So, in the text, we see this. Malachi chapter number three. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often to one another. The ones who feared the Lord got together and said, we don't want to be the ones who, who fall to the threat. So they got together and they begin to speak often one to another. Now now at this point my imagination is allowed to be opened. Because the text doesn't tell us what they said. The text tells us that they began to speak to one another. It says that the Lord began to pay attention. The Lord leaned in and, and, and listened and paid attention. And that the Lord began to write down a scroll, a book of remembrance for all those who feared him. And the Lord gave a promise and said, these are the ones that are going to be set aside as the righteous whenever that day of judgment comes. The Lord peered into their community. And we don't know what they said, but I would imagine... I would imagine they begin to be committed and accountable to one another. They begin to encourage one another. They begin to remind each other about the, the law. I bet whenever one of them came in frustrated and they said, You know what boss sent me this email today, he never even thinks that I know what I'm doing. Y'all, none of y'all got those emails? Did you send that email? Y'all, don't, come on. (laughs) I bet they sat and they listened to their friend who was frustrated. And this is what I think is kind of interesting is, I think sometimes when we think about committed community where there's accountability, that means that we're always shutting each other up. Well, don't say the wrong thing because we're, we're, we're the good community. You know what? I think the committed, commu- the committed, accountable community practices festivus for the rest of us. Where there is an airing of grievances, as it were. And they understand, hey, we're the people that you can share your burden with. What's interesting, too, is in Galatians chapter number 6... Paul starts out with bearing one another's burdens. But you know what I think you and I think accountability looks like a lot of times is just, just don't tell me any of your bad stuff. Dress it up. I had somebody who was attending here, serving here, and they were living a lie. And whenever I addressed them on this and I said, hey, listen, I love you. Let's bring this to the light. They said, well, you know, we do that thing that we do at church where we put on our mask. I said, that's not this church. And so uh, they were confused about it. They had worship here for four years and they were confused about it. If you're confused about it, don't be confused about it anymore. This is not the place to wear a mask. See, a committed community where there's accountability and somebody says, my boss sent me this email and this is how I feel. I believe if we are going to be a good community, we will speak often with one another and we will hear each other. And sometimes you don't even have to say anything, do you? somebody starts ranting and raving, oh, I'm so frustrated. And they're, they're, they're telling you all the things and you're just patiently listening and you're, oh yeah, I understand that would frustrate me too. And they can probably process through it pretty well themselves. And you're there just to say, yeah, how are you going to respond to that? Well, I'll tell you what I want to do. Well, tell me what you want to do. I'll tell you what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> tell me what you want to do. I want to, I want to, I want to. <laughs> That's some Spice Girls for y'all who don't know. <laughs> I really, really want to. Get you out. Um, all right. Guess what? You and I, you and I know, you and I know this. That they'll go, I want to do this. And they'll tell you, and you'll go, and you, you're, you, your eyes will get big, and your jaw will drop, and you'll go, you want to do that? Yeah, but that's not right. Now, if they come in and they go, and I want to do this, I'm going right now. That's whenever you, like, grab them, and you, like, bring them back, and you, make, I have to slap them in the face a couple times, you know, like, to uh, think about uh, Still Magnolias, right? <laughs> Why do you slap somebody? Slap Weezer, you know, <laughs> like, you might need one of those moments. But they spoke often to one another. They were in committed accountability with one another. Their names could be listed together because there was a recognized, identifiable community. Paul, when he says, be not mocked. What a man sows, you know, God is not mocked. What a man sows, he will reap. He gets to this point and he says, now, okay, y'all, you heard this? You heard this? Now let us. Now come on, team. Let's not grow weary. I love the collective there. You see, I told you in the text, I see that the way that we persist is in a committed community where there's accountability. And what Paul is saying is, hey, come on, gather. Who's going to stand with me? Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Paul didn't say, hey, you, don't grow weary in well-doing. He got right next to his brothers and his sisters. He says, come on, come on. I might fall too. I'm weak too. I look around and I go, where's the justice? Where's the equity? Where's the transformation? Where's the fruit for my labors? I'm right there with y'all. It's hard. Sometimes I want to throw in the. Sometimes I want to say, "What's the use?" So let's get together. Let's all get together, and let's let's make sure that we are all committed to this. Are we all committed to not growing weary and well doing? Yes. Right? Are we all Are we all going to hold on to the same mindset that that the hope that we have is not the work that you and I are doing? Right. Look if we get it all right and we talked about this a little bit last week if we get it all right as a church and we're doing all the things the well and people still go to the other churches will we continue to trust that God is at work Can we hope that in due season, the work that he is doing will manifest itself? The work that he has promised to do will actually be performed. See, I can't do this, nor can you do this, without us doing this. And so... What is our hope? Our hope's not in the good work that you and I are doing. Our hope is in the good that we trust God is at work doing. It will manifest itself, it will bear fruit. The hope is in the work that God has promised to do. I will send my son, I will execute judgment, I will bring justice. I will bring my shalom. This world will love peace. They will know peace. All the prayers of all the beauty pageant winners will come to fruition. What do I want? World peace. That's our hope. In where I believe you and I will persist is whenever we commit together that we're not going to grow weary in well-doing. And we're not going to faint. We're not going to pass out we're not going to throw in the towel and I'm going to be accountable to you to help me whenever I want to throw in the towel and will you be accountable to me and can we be accountable to each other and with that I say amen